We're recording. Hooray. <laughs> we suck at being a week-to-week show. Um, but, yeah, we're back. And... Uh, <clears throat> we're not on special projects for at least another two weeks. Yeah, so thank you for bearing, bearing with us and uh, apologize for any kind of delay. But speaking of um, coming back to things, I might want to go back to Sea of Thieves because they are going to have an update that is very, very exciting for me. AI ships. I was under the impression that they would not have AI ships. No, they they never really said that. Uh, I think they just never really... Th- like I'm not sure where it came from, but like I don't know if they never really thought about it or they just kept it really hush hush. But I know the community really like pushed for it, and so when they announced their first roadmap, they're like, yeah, yeah, AI ships are a thing and they're coming, and people were like, yes, and so they finally released that trailer um, right. for the cursed sails and right. talking about all the AI ships coming in. Oof, so it's gonna be it's gonna be AI so ships that with with uh, with skeletons, right? Yes. Okay. I hate the skeletons that, that like re- regenerate out of nowhere, and it you know they have bananas and whatnot. Oh yeah, but the foresty skeletons, the ones that can like heal in water. They heal in water, or they heal with the banana, or is are they two different Both. skeletons? Both. Both. Okay. No, I mean that that's going to be exciting. That's definitely going to be exciting, and it's going to pull pull me away from some of the other games. But considering it's an update that I've personally been waiting for and thought that it would never happen i'm i'm very elated by it so during the time that we're recording xbox is having this big game sale on digital oh yeah and i finally after two years of holding out i finally picked up stars battlefront 2 stars battlefront 2 like the original 2005 version meant just so much to me in so many different reasons so many different ways loved that game and I was excited for the the new one, but we had that issue with microtransactions. We had the issue with them not caring and them not talking to their community really well. So I held out. I didn't buy it, and I I waited. Um, you know that that stuff got fixed fairly quick. But then I waited for a sale on the game. Uh, I also you know was playing other games, so sometimes I would forget. But it the timing was right. Uh, it's a whopping $15 and I finally am playing through the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign and can I just say oh my gosh it's so good <laughs> is it <laughs> it is one of the best Star Wars campaigns I've ever played like it is so huh. good um okay that's that's very high praise coming from you yeah because I know, like, I know when, when when it comes to the multiplayer side of the game uh, although you said a lot of it has been fixed, the, there's a lot of people out there in the community that are still very much um, like against EA and anything EA does because of all the the mishaps that they've that they've done specifically with this game and, and like like UFC or or, or whatnot. So um, it, it's good to hear at least the the guys that actually put the time and effort into the story. Of of the campaign, uh, was was worth their time and worth its while. Yeah, no, I, it is amazing, and I've always hated that like attitude, because uh, people don't really know where games come from. They don't look at like developer versus publisher and all of that. So they look at EA and they mm. they say this is an evil corporation. Which with what they did to Battlefront for a while there, what they were doing with microtransactions, like yeah, it wasn't exactly. The prettiest sight, but that's why like everyone spoke out. We, as a gaming community, spoke 
to them. We we made our voices heard and showed them, no, we're not okay with this. And lo and behold, that it works. It the the words got back to them, and it slowly it's been starting to change. Um, they're not all bad though. Like you look at stuff like Titanfall two, and you look at the microtransaction uh, setup there, where it's not loot boxes. It's ex- you know you want this camo, okay? You buy the camo, and it comes with a couple other ones. You don't pull a slot machine. Uh, right. You get exactly what you pay for. Right. And, you know, it, it, even when uh, EA bought Respawn, the people who made Titanfall, they had the same issue of, you know, the community saying, oh, well, R.I.P. Titanfall, rest in peace, Titanfall. Um, no, maybe give them a chance. And then you have those people that are like, oh, well, EA owns it, so I'm not going to buy it. You should care about the developing studio more than the publisher. You should care about the developing studio a lot more than the publisher. I think what it is is they don't want to support the publisher either, though. Like, the publisher is the one that actually puts it out into the market. And although you might be a fan of the developer, whoever they might be, the fact that they're being funneled through EA, and if you have any kind of reservations about EA then by definition, you're not going to support them vis-a-vis, sorry, sucks the suck, but I'm not going to support the the developer. And if you are stuck by your guns with that kind of mentality, that will set you aside from being able to play certain games. And for some people, that's totally fine. For some people, they're just like, "I, I really love this game that was developed by X company. And I love the team. However, because they're going through B B Publisher, and I hate what B Publisher has done with this other game or whatever, no one can convince me otherwise. I'm just not going to support it. And it's it's a shame, but for some people, taking a stand like that is is what they feel the gaming community needs. There's more people like them taking a stand. The only concern I have with that mentality, though, is it's it's a lot like thinking of your local grocery store and all your friends and all these awesome people work at your, the favorite grocery store. Um, they pay them well, they take care of them well, but you know that the grocery store has a parent company and you don't like that parent company. And so you're like, nope, got to boycott it. And you get a lot of people to boycott it. And yeah, you've, you've barely nicked. You've barely little tiny hurt to the to the big parent company, but you've hurt all these people that are lower on the totem pole, lower in the actual store. You've hurt these people that are locals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think people are thinking this all the way through. <laughs> I mean, with the grocery store analogy, I I definitely see what you're saying. You're you're not going to knock down a giant just by taking away one little food chain or, or, or whatever. But I think when people come together as they do on the internet and, you know, and, and they, and they, they go after the little, little sub companies like this, this made up grocery store, then they might go after other sub companies of the parent company and little bit by bit in their mind's eye, they're going to start taking down the giant and the giant starts to take notice 
I mean, if, if we're being honest, that's kind of how we got microtransactions looked at because enough people were up in arms about it, you know? So, although, you know, it's... I, I, I think it's good that we have a very vocal community that is very set in certain ways because it does shine a light to what the gaming community really does want but then we find a balance to be able to financially support the companies that make the games for us. You know, the, the only real way that we're going to be able to figure out how we are okay with microtransactions is to make some mistakes. Now, the problem is EA, in this particular situation, hasn't always learned from their mistakes. Because they'll say, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll fix microtransactions in this one game. But then another game, like I mentioned earlier, UFC, in order to have certain moves, you have to pay for them. It's like, well, well hold on. You know, I... I, I and and that's, that's another kind of thing where people are like, that's not... This is exactly what we're talking about. This is a pay-to-win kind of thing. Like, to have the Chuck Liddell super, Superman punch... Or, or the thing that, or whatever you call it, you have to pay X amount, or it's a loot box or something. And people are like, didn't you learn your lesson from the whole Star Wars thing? Like, well, that's a different, that's a different branch that doesn't really, you know, that that doesn't really cater to what we're what we're dealing with over here. Like, no. So, so people, I don't know. It's just. It's gonna. It's it's still something that we're we're as a gaming community we're still gonna have to work out. You know, with all this microtransaction stuff, I kind of wonder if it needs to be brought up the the bigger conversation of games haven't been increased in price in what was it fifteen years, and do games need to go up in price? Because, no, of, is, because it, is this the situation of they're not making enough money or what? I don't know. I think a higher barrier to entry is going to make gaming even less of uh, uh, less appealing. I agree. But as it stands, the current game price of $60 hasn't changed for I I I really think like 15 years. I mean, one might argue that you know Games shouldn't be 60. I mean, if you look at games like uh, State of Decay 2, which has, you know, arguably great graphics, amazing uh, gameplay, very good uh, mechanics in the game. That's only 30 bucks, and that works digitally on both Xbox and Windows 10. So if you can get a game like that for 30 bucks, or you get the Ultimate Edition with some DLC for $50, and if you could do that at a large scale... Games should be cheaper, not more expensive. Yeah, especially since people can buy them digitally. It costs nothing for the company to sell a game digitally. Or next to nothing. Especially when you're talking no. that kind of grand scheme of things. It's It's got to be almost zero. No, I mean, I think the only real reason why we sell anything physically at this point is, uh, is, is really to support the secondhand market, which is a huge market, let's, let's not forget. But then also for that niche of gamers that want that physical collection. Well, it also gives people the opportunity to say no. You know, it offers the opportunity to buy a game secondhand 
and try it and say this game is terrible and bring it back. Or right, exactly, you know, and that's exactly my point. The the whole second market, yeah, is is huge. Like the 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 you know you you can try it if you don't like it, you can tr- return it for the most part, depending on or the trade it in that you're or trade it in. Right, you can't really do that as it stands right now with with digital copies. Now, could that change later on? Maybe. What if they in- initiated some sort of DRM that wasn't a lockdown DRM, but it's some sort of DRM that said, okay. This is now owned by you. They, they must have it already because all the games and all the software that is linked to somebody's account, whether it be on their PlayStation account or, or the N- Nintendo account, it's associated with your account. So there's, there's got to be some sort of code to say this software is yours. What's to say that we can't write code to say this is yours, but you can relinquish that software and give it to so-and-so, or give it to somebody else. I'm sure it's possible. I'm sure it's there. I just think that as, as, as we are right now, the sharing economy of, of digital goods is hard-pressed to really like figure out how to, how to do that properly mm-hmm. and at scale because of pirating and things of that nature. Yeah, I've never been... I don't know. I've never had like a big issue with having to share a game. I mean, it would be nice for those single player games that you know the play once and you're done uh, to be able to share them in some way. But like for the most part, I'm over it. I love the ability of having my games on my console and just hitting the launch button and boom, I've got this game going. Like it's always funny to play with the people in my clan and like we're switching games. And you hear all of them like getting up and grabbing the game cases. And I don't want to get up out. and change games. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you yeah, hear all the game cases the opening and everything. And yeah. I'm just, I just, I just press the Xbox button, move over to the other game, press A and do, oh, look at that. I've got the game running. Simple as that. Well, that, that was one of the main reasons why I never bought Destiny 2 because you show, you show, you know, very, yeah. You know, you you loaned me a copy of Destiny 2 and that was very kind of you and that was great but it was definitely one of those things where I had a physical copy of Assassin's Creed in the Xbox and then when you said hey we're going to play Destiny 2 I'm like ah, I I really don't want to have to switch the games <laughs> right now even though even though it only takes 10 seconds to do that requires me to get up now I now I have the digital copy thanks to the summer sale it's only twenty bucks with the with the expansion, so now I have no excuse really if, if we're being honest. So get but, on it. Well, where were you last night? I played a couple rounds of PUBG and I went to bed. Oh, exactly. and I played some more of that Star Wars campaign. <gasps> mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, no, I I went straight to bed. If I'm being honest, I'm, I'll probably I'll probably be on later on tonight. I mean, in all honesty, I, I think the price of games, whether they're digital or physical copies, um, we're we're starting to see a shift. I think we're starting to see a shift because we're starting to see a lot of indie companies that are 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 very worth their time and worthwhile come out with games that are you know fifteen twenty dollars, and slowly but surely we're going to start seeing some of those games be considered triple a games but the price is going to be you know lower than it is right now 
And I think that has a lot to do, not with Moore's Law necessarily, because that doesn't really apply here, but the idea of technology getting better, uh, processes getting faster, and the output of uh, finances getting getting smaller um, to get those things out. But I think PUBG is a good example because if you think about it, like it's only $30 for now. It might go up later on. And with all the issues that it has with frame rate drop and you know glitching and ghosting and and, and veering and, and, and whatever, um, for what it is, it's still a very, very good game. And you know people are still going to play it at $30 because of some of the benefits that you get from the game. Um, whereas, you know, free games like Fortnite is hugely supported, uh, by microtransactions, uh, but it is, it is a free game. So that also kind of shows that with, with, with Fortnite, you're not paying to win. You're just paying for skins. And I think that's, I think that's perfect. I think that's great. I think that's a great model because you, you, just because you have the fish skin, over the other guy who has nothing, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to beat you every time. It just means that he had $10 and you didn't. The only so, issue I have is I, I do believe on that one, you still, like, isn't it loot boxes? Like, you still are chancing it at something? You can't just buy a skin direct? Yeah, but it's still cosmetic. It's not pay to win. So because the, for the sheer fact that it's cosmetic, I don't give a flip. You, you, you could do as many loot boxes, gambles, pull of the whatever machine. Go go at it because no matter what you do, no matter how much more how much money you spend, if it is purely cosmetic and it doesn't give you better accuracy, it doesn't give you more speed, you don't you don't have more armor right from the get-go. Mhm. Then how am I, who, who's to say that, you know, you're, you're automatically a better player than I am. You just have more disposable income than I do. So. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, one of the things I, I really can't stand, and I have a few friends that have this, but one of the few things I can't stand in social media are the, are the joint social media accounts. You're talking about when like, uh, Dave and Jane, Henry, yeah, like that that's yeah. all. The, it's all the same account. Oh my gosh, yeah. that the, why? It's not how Facebook or any of this works. Like, no, it's not how <laughs> it's not how real life works. Oh my gosh, it, it is so like annoying. when I when I call when I call Dave, Jane doesn't automatically pick up. Now that that used to be the situation in a home phone, but now everybody has their own phone, right? So when I call Dave. I don't want Jane picking up and saying, oh, do you want to talk to Dave? Of course I do. I called him. <laughs> I didn't call you. So why would I go to your social media page and see both of you doing your own thing, but it's in one feed? Like, what is the freaking point? You know, I had that issue the other, not the other day. It was like a couple weeks ago. I had to message someone and I was looking on different ways of messaging them and they had a joint Facebook account and I straight up said, no, I was like, no, I'm, I'm not bothering with this. I don't want to be a part of this. You are on your own. Now I get like in, in, in some relationships, 
the idea that everything is shared. You know, my car is your car. My food is your food. My games are your games. That's that's fine. But the weird thing is with social media is that it is very intimate and it's very personable. And the idea that because you are following and friending people that are your friends, that doesn't automatically make them my friends and vice versa. Oh, my right? gosh. Yes, exactly so that. When, when when I message Dave in this in this example, and then and I've had this in the past. I message Dave something, and then this joint thing came. Uh, th- this joint you know uh, partner of of a social media account, Dave and Jane, messaged me back and said, "Hey, this is Jane. How do you know Dave? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh!" Why? You don't need to know. How about that answer? (laughs) Well, it doesn't matter. Why don't you just ask him? Or, I don't know, like, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't really matter. Now, if there's a trust issue, that's a separate thing. Yeah, but, like, at the same time, like, great, you have a trust issue. I don't need to know about that. Like, that is between you and Dave or you and Jane. I, I don't need to know. I really don't care to know. I don't want to know. Keep me out of your relationship. I know Dave from work, and you know what? He's a cool dude. I don't really want to get to know you, though. Yeah, that that's the other thing, too. Um, because if you do follow this person, you do end up getting to know that other person just by, you know, just by default. And it's 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 those weird things. You're like, oh, I just I want to see what Dave's been up to. Oh, I have no idea what Dave's been up to. But Jane apparently has been up to going to the club with her friends. <laughs> I have no idea what Jane's that what what Dave is doing though. But Jane's having a hell of a time. <laughs> it's like this is so weird. I'm 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 looking at somebody's social media account and peering into what this other person is doing that I have relatively no connection to. But just because they have a joint account, I'm seeing the things that she's doing, and it's forcing me to look at it, and I have no interest in looking at it. You know, and especially if they don't, like, even bother, like, tagging their posts of, like, this is Dave's post, this is Jane's post. I mean, for one thing, like, stop it. Just get two accounts. Goodness. But... At the same time, like, you can't even bother making it so we understand who's posting. Y'all are dumb. <laughs> I, I, I I, don't know. Now, I do have one friend, and I, I will say this. Him and his wife. So, first off, they work together, which is weird. He's actually her manager. I don't know how the company lets her lets them do that. But they, they work together. and uh, And they have a joint account. But every single picture is of them of a uh, with 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 each other. So it's her, him and their and their daughter. And it's always like family photos at in different situations, mm-hmm. like whether it be, you know, 4th of July or at Disneyland or something. So it's always them or it's the daughter and the and the mother or the daughter and the father. So as a family account, that's kind of acceptable no it's still not acceptable like the only time it's like it is no because it's mm, see it still doesn't cover the as a family i don't know like 
it's it just it's just fo- not not their Facebook. It's not their own personal agenda. Their own personal. Hey, this meme is funny. It's hey, this is an update as to what the family is doing. And if you view it like that, I think it's okay. But if you do an update, hey, this is what I'm doing. Here's my feet in the sand. Oh, and don't worry, I have no idea what J- uh, what Dave is doing. That's the weird thing. But if it's very clearly, hey, we are all together. And we are all doing something together as one big happy family. I think that's okay. I think that is where it's okay to do because I have gone to that page to see what your what you are doing with your family, not what your wife is doing by herself with her friends. Just you and your family. That's the update I'm looking for. It still doesn't pass for me. Like I, I would still be more interested in you know using our analogy. I'd still be interested in Dave's page, and if Dave wants to update with me with his family, fine. But I still like I'm mainly here for Dave. I don't want to see all of uh, what was her name, Jane. What was uh, I don't want to see all of her friends' comments. I want to see Dave's friends. Like especially like let's say I'm close to Dave, but not really uh, Jane. Like. I want to see Dave's friends and stuff. And then we have all these other people that are Jane's friends commenting and we have no idea what's going on. Like, it, cause it's, there's a difference between being tagged in a photo and then posting it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be significantly more. That's, that's an interesting, uh, add on there. The comments you, you actually read the comments on pictures that are not your, your own. I mean, depending, like if I'm, if once again, if it's a really close person that I actually care about and I'm invested in, then yes, yes, I do. If it's just some random person, no, I definitely that's don't. Interesting. And that's, no, because I, that's going to be the difference right there is I don't care what random person they're married to is up to. I care about the person right. I care about. Well, like even even in situations like the the one blue moon where you post something on Instagram, <laughs> I will like it. I will appreciate it. And I think the only time that I ever read through the comments was when it was E three regarding the the big you know reveal that happened at the at the uh, expert zone event. And that was the only time that I ever read like any comments of, of yours, but any other update that you had ever done on, on Instagram, I don't read comments. And this, this is a thing that maybe it's just me, but I feel like the comments, although the comments are public to other people that are friends with you, they're not, they're not necessarily meant to strike up a conversation with everybody else. It's a comment that someone is sending to you. And just because I can see it, doesn't mean that I should necessarily read it and add on to it. Um, unless there's some sort of inside joke and then everyone else can fall, join in on, then maybe that's okay. But I don't know. I, I don't read the comments. So to, to have, a, have a joint picture and have a bunch of Jane's friends making comments on it, I don't personally care about that. I just care about the initial interaction of you posting something that I have no interest in because I don't know you and I don't know where you are and I don't know who your friends are. I came here for Dave and that and his daughter and that's it. You can go away until it's Mother's Day or or your birthday or your anniversary. That's that's all. 
Yeah, the worst of all is I've seen, like, let's say most of Dave's friends are sports people, for example, and he posts something sports-related. Then you have all of Jane's friends posting and being like, what? I don't get it. What's going on, Jane? <laughs> and it's like, no, it's the... Uh. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Make your own accounts, people, and don't make oh. accounts for your freaking pets either. Or your kids. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's so weird. I, like, especially so like it's I, not their my, account. Like, no. I see. So my my friend has a has an has a newborn, not newborn, but is I guess he's one year old now. Maybe I don't know. Whatever the case is, he created a, a an Instagram account for his kid. The kid can barely say Baba and Mama, and there's an Instagram account for him. And I'm like, why? Why do you need this? Like, it's it is not necessary. Like, I'm not going to separately follow your newborn baby on Instagram to get updates as if it's the baby doing the updating. It's you. I know it's you. For so many different so why, reasons. <laughs> for yeah, exactly. I mean, even even for me, my my daughter has her own YouTube channel, uh, where she unboxes toys and and stuff like that. And I've I've considered creating a, an Instagram account just for her, but for right now, I'm keeping it under my account, and it's so much more manageable. I've got to admit, it's so much easier. <laughs> so, so, but. At least if I created a separate Instagram account for her, that would be a business decision, not a family decision. It would be for business reasons to separate and compartmentalize her YouTube stuff versus my own personal stuff. Mm -hmm. So that would make sense. But just to have an account just to have, that's just too much, man. Yeah, no, I just, I don't, I've never understood, especially with like the pet accounts. Like, here's pictures of my pet. It's like, well, that's the point of Instagram. Like, post it on your account, and we will see these. You don't need to make a separate account, because that's the point of the original account. I don't know. I follow this really cute bunny, so that's okay. <laughs> no, Tony, you're part of the problem. That's the problem. Like, there there, there are, like, animals out there that have their own account, of their own pet, their own account, and I don't, I don't know who the owner is. Right, so the owner doesn't make themselves known, at least, at least in my purview. And I just see this really cute corgi or this really cute bunny that's just walking across with the carrot. It's like, ah, how cute! Um, so yeah, I guess I am part of the problem when it comes to the pets. But one of the arguments I've heard to have an account for your newborn or your one-year-old is so they can go back in time on their Instagram and say, Oh, look at my first post on Instagram was when I was a, was I, when I was a six month old. No, Nope. That's nope. No, I'm a, that's not how no. that works. <laughs> you didn't have an opinion. Then old, you didn't have knowledge. Call me an old man. If you want, <laughs> call me an old man. If you want, but that's not how Instagram is supposed to work. You're supposed to look back at your old photos, not through social media, but through, I guess, more traditional means. Or at the very least that through could... family members' social media because you're too young to have one. Yeah, seriously. I mean, for one, you're going to have to lie and say that you're older than you are because 
yeah, isn't it like Facebook 13? 13. Yeah. 13, yeah. Parents, listen to me carefully. Stop that. Oh, that actually bodes a good question. What? Do you have to lie about pets too? <laughs> well, like if we're talking is, dog ears, pet... <laughs> oh, that's you probably true. have to lie a little less. So about two weeks ago, I was in San Diego uh, doing some babysitting. And during that time, I found something kind of interesting that I did not know is you have to, well, when you go to like your supermarket, your Walmart, whatever, you have to pay for Mm -hmm. your bags. Yeah. I did not know that. And that came as a bit of, I want to call it like a culture shock on almost like it was very surprising to me. I did not expect to have to do that at all. I didn't really have a problem with it, but it Mm -hmm. very much threw me off. I mean, after like thinking about it and stuff, I like, I kind of like it, like having discouraging people from just wasting bags. Like, I love that idea, but it, it really did throw me for a loop. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's not a, not a a really good one-to-one comparison, but I know if I went to, to Utah, there would definitely be some things where I would have expectation and, you know, the general consensus of your state would say, nope, we don't. Like, like for example, going to Costco and there's no alcohol. It's like that's just not how it's done here. We have it in state liquor stores. Like, and to me, when I talk to you about that, it's like, really? That's weird. But I guess it makes sense because of because of the laws, and um, it's a little bit more manageable for the state to kind of contain that sort of thing. And when it comes to the whole plastic bag thing, you're right. It, it's the idea that we are recycling um, through keeping a bag for as long as humanly possible. There have definitely been times where I've used some of the Microsoft swag bags that we handed out for the Windows 10 launch. I still use those today because they're reusable. And uh, places like at Target will actually give you money off your purchase if you show that you're using a a, uh, reusable bag. You know, while I was there, I never purchased one bag. I always just walked out with my groceries in my hand. <laughs> I mean, but that's fine, too. It's it's the idea that, hey, if you're not buying a bag, that's fine. But you're also not throwing that bag away. So it's not going into a uh, a, a landfill or anything like that. So you're to, to, to that point, you're still kind of helping the environment. Mm-hmm. I definitely found that. A bit of a shock, but at the same time, a very welcome shock. It was a shock to me, too, because in my county, we were one of the last counties in my area to get rid of bags. Mm -hmm. So like the San Francisco County, they got rid of bags. And I want to say like 2013, 2014. Wow, that long ago? We didn't get rid of bags until I want to say two years ago. And, but it was definitely after some of the major counties here in Northern California. Mm-hmm. So we would go to Target, we'd go to Walmart, and they would give bags out like they were candy. Like it wasn't it wasn't a big deal. We'd even sneak a bunch of bags home so we could use them as trash bags for our small trash bins around the house. It was just one of those things. It just be kind of it became became normal. And so I was surrounded by bags, and I obviously I, I had heard that California is getting rid of plastic bags. You have to bring your own bag, yada yada yada. I went into San Francisco for an event, and I went to Safeway, uh, which is like our local 
you know, grocery store, uh, the Northern California version of Vons, if you're down there in Southern California. And uh, it was it was very odd to me because I had bought a crap ton of alcohol. And not only did they not have bags to give out for free, they did not have bags at all. Like at this particular Safeway, it was expected that you would bring your own bag. Like this is how forward thinking San Francisco was, or at least this particular Safeway was about bags. And I said, I will pay 25 cents to buy a bag from you guys. They said, we have no bags to, to sell. And I was like, okay, so how am I supposed to take all this stuff home? And they said, well, you just have to bring it to your car. Now here's the thing. Not only did I have a crap ton of alcohol, the carts were not allowed to leave the store. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> At because that point, I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, then you're helping me. Jeez. <laughs> the carts were, um, they, they were, this this is a particular area of San Francisco where there's a, there's a lot of homeless people. So a lot of homeless people would use the carts as their, you know, their main uh, uh, form of uh, carriage, if you will. Um, but yeah, they said, you know, the, these carts cannot leave. So they all had to stay in the store. So I told the the front checkout person, like, okay, well, I'm going to pull my car around and I'm just going to have to, you know, I'm leave this cart here. You keep an eye on this. Please don't let anyone take anything. And that's and that's uh, what ended, ended up happening. It was just it was just so weird to me. And, and the, the person was like, just remember to bring a bag next time. It's like, I don't live here, <laughs> so I won't. I'm not going to remember. Just remember to be a bring a bag next time. Why don't you remember to sell a bag? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so yes, it, it is very forward thinking. Um, you know what I have I noticed find it... is the bags are like higher quality. Like they're not as thin. The ones that they sell. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They're like super bags, but dude, they're like you know how like when you go to the dollar store and you buy a toilet paper and it's like one ply, but if you spend a good a little bit more money at you know even a walgreens or cvs is like oh okay this is two this is two or three ply that's what these bags are like they're like four ply four ply plastic bags they're really (laughs) heavy duty they can carry two six packs in one bag they're that good almost yeah i've I've definitely noticed that the plastic is getting higher quality oh you do you hear do you hear about starbucks no speaking of plastic so like their cold drinks, uh, they're switching to a strawless lid. A strawless lid. Yeah. So instead of having, uh, you know that the puncture hole lid, where it has the little yeah. flap at the the top at the center, um, that you stab yeah. the straw through, they're switching to. Think of like when you go to Seven Eleven, you get a coffee and you have that little tab that you pull up and it opens this wide mouth. Uh-huh. Um, imagine that tab not even being there. Um, uh-huh. And just having this open little hole. And those are what cold drinks are going to start being served more and more in. Well, I think they already do that now because when I get my nitro cold brew, they have strawless lids for that. Yeah, no, they're they're But all of their drinks that are cold are switching to that and they're eliminating straws entirely. Apparently like getting stuck up sea turtles noses and stuff. Well, just tell the sea turtles to stay away from them. I don't think that's how it works. Why? 
I don't think people speak sea turtle. Let's start there. Okay, now that's... <laughs> wow. That's... Okay. One, one second. A cow goes... Okay, move. Sea turtles go... I don't know. I, you know, there are certain cold beverages at Starbucks. I have no problem just drinking straight from a strawless lid. But things like, I don't know, I guess a Frappuccino would be weird. They might have to change the makeup of the Frappuccino. Because isn't like, because one of the benefits of a straw is the fact that the straw can stir it. Yeah, and then also like you can start at the bottom where it's getting melty. Right, right. But now being forced to start at the top. Huh. I wonder if that's going to force them to change the way that they make certain drinks. I wonder if it's going to be all of the drinks. Because like, they always say, like, all cold drinks. Okay, does that count for frozen drinks, though? Like, like fraps. Because frappuccinos... Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah frappuccinos specifically. I don't, like, I don't think it'd work. I don't think a strawless situation works there. Like, if they genuinely switch to strawless, I might have to buy one of those, like, reusable strawed uh cup and straw setups because I I genuinely don't think I could do it. Well, I can tell you having a 6-year-old daughter like forcing her to use a, a drink a drink that doesn't come from a straw, like okay, she's 6, so she knows how not to use a straw, but she's also used to using a straw in certain situations. Like I can imagine anybody any kid younger than that getting like hot chocolate or or just not not being allowed to use a straw because they don't they don't provide them anymore. That's going to be that's going to be odd. That's going to be a tough sell. I think that's going to be more than odd. That's going to be really weird. <laughs> I mean, it could it could also be potentially dangerous. I don't know. I don't know. I see I see I see both sides. I see benefits to both sides of this. I you know? if they but, do uh, just the cold drinks like the cold brew and the, all of that. Like if they do just the cold drinks, I don't see a problem at all. I don't see any issue. The blended ones, yeah, but the blended the blended drinks, one, that's an issue. Yeah, I don't see that working properly. If you work at Starbucks, let us know what's going on. <laughs> That'd be appreciative for sure. All right, awesome as ever. Thank you very much, Quentin. Uh, how can people find you on to talk to Instagram, you? Twitter, you and again. Xbox at Firewall? As for me, you can find me on Twitter at LazyTechTony. All my other social media links, including YouTube, will be in the podcast description. You can follow both of us on Twitter at StillRecording. Leave us a message on Anchor, and we will see you guys maybe next week, maybe in two weeks. But we'll still see you either way. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.